0: hello and welcome to the movie podcast review of wonder woman 1984 now don't worry if you haven't seen the first 1983 wonder woman films you don't need to watch it to enjoy this movie my name is daniel alongside me virtually of course we have anthony hola amigos (laughs) Como and we have shabazz hello
1: Oh, I thought we were all going to do like a bilingual thing to start off. I thought you know? Anthony and I were were swapping places today, you know, trading <laughs> trading places today because you know he trading did lives. Fun, trading life. He did the fun, you know, open, you know, like "Hey guys, hola amigos," and I was all like, "Oh, what does Anthony do?" He just goes, "Hello."
0: <laughs> Anthony wished upon a wishing stone to become Shabazz in this episode. No, so, I don't. Uh, that's, that's, uh, that's what I think. No I one happened. would
1: ever want that. You can't fly <laughs> as easily as as you can, Anthony well
0: as we said at the top of this recording this is our review of wonder woman 1984 yes this film is finally out in the world on hbo max if you are in the united states and on premium vod if you are everywhere else um full disclosure here we did pay for this film uh on itunes in canada so this was not uh something that we were uh I guess sent to review this is something that we uh, obviously actively wanted to watch so we rented it on iTunes uh for 29.99. Before we get into the film, what do you guys think of the price point uh that these premium fil- films are now um getting on uh like iTunes, Amazon and what have you?
1: Uh no. Go ahead, yeah, Jay. I was just going to say that it's it's not too bad. I mean, I, a lot of people were messaging me saying, wow, I can't believe you paid 30 bucks for that. I'm like, well, it's a brand new movie. And if I were to go see this in theaters right now with my family, because my whole family was watching with me, you know, each of us would be paying $20 upwards to watch this. Granted, yes, the experience is IMAX and all that. But then you tack on the popcorn, you tack on the drinks and candy, and you have a very, very expensive night out. Um, but again... For people like us, we enjoy that. But in this moment where we don't have theaters open and paying thirty bucks, and I've got a, I've got a nice setup downstairs in my basement. My projector stopped working, so I had to watch it on my TV. But it's four K, so it's all good. And you know what? I, I, the experience wise to me was was fine in the sense that if I can't have in the theater, at least I got good sound and good video.
2: There you go. How about you, Anthony? Yeah, I, w- I was. Um I would would I'm in the same boat, sorry, I can't talk for a second. Um I'm in the same <laughs> boat. $30 is not bad. I'm able to watch it for 48 hours, so that means I can watch it twice. Uh I'm getting a better experience from my my OLED television that I would get from a cinema display at a at a Cinéplex and, and I know that's a you know hot topic right there, but it's true. My display is really really good. I spent a lot of mm. money on it. Um yeah, like $30 is nothing. You got to think about you got to Buy the, buy the tickets, which is what, 25 bucks with tax. You go there, you're spending gas. So, what, $5? That's 30 bucks. And then you leave after two hours and you can't watch it again. You got to spend another 30 yeah. just to watch it. So, you know, bang for your buck and you can share with your, your friends and family or your family who are in the same house. And if you have an Apple TV and you use the same account for their Apple TVs, you might be able to share it through many different areas. So, it's,
0: it makes sense. Awesome. You know, that, that's I think you guys both brought such great points to that. And, you know, yeah, I mean, $30 for a movie that you don't get to keep, I think, because, uh, you know, we're coming from the the background of, yeah, I'm purchasing something in iTunes. That means I get to keep it. And no, that's not the case. But um, for all the reasons you guys said, yeah, I mean, $30 to have a premium experience at home is great. Yeah. Mind you, you're not fully transported, I would say, sometimes when you're watching a new movie at home which that's a whole other discussion but you know let's let's dive into wonder woman 1984 of course this is the sequel to the 2017 film directed by patty jenkins starring gal gadot and wonder woman is back and steve trevor is back and now we have kristen Wiig and pedro pascal joining the cast um shay what is this film about
1: so One Woman 1984 is basically a sequel to obviously the original. It's taking place about 70-ish years after the original film kind of took place. And One Woman, from what I understand, is still not really a known character in the world. Like she's not a, um, you know, they're not like, oh, Wonder Woman is going to come save us. I guess she's still kind of like a myth. Um, right. So in this in this movie, what happens is we are introduced to a archaeological find that occurs inside of a mall, uh, of all places, and um, <laughs> a front, I, a jewelry store is a front, right? It, it it sounds bizarre already, but let me let me let me try to dive into this convoluted plot as much as I can. So a wishing stone is discovered, and Pedro Pascal's character who. Um, pretty much is kind of like a TV personality, like get-rich-quick schemes. You know, I want to get oil and money and and build a a, a big empire. He acquires Mm -hmm. this stone uh, through the character of Kristen Wig, who is one of the, I guess, gemologists or whatever they call them. And he starts to... (laughs) Gemologists? Whatever, yeah, (laughs) whatever (laughs) they are. (laughs) No, but I think they really call like gemologists or geomologists or something like that. Um, because he kept saying the name in the movie, and I was like, I have no idea what that is, but sure. Uh, and he acquires the stone and basically becomes the stone. And so through this, he starts granting people wishes. Now, before that occurs, Kristen Wig gets her hand on the stone, and she wishes to be just like Diana. And before <laughs> before Kristen Wig gets the stone, Diana has the stone, and she wishes <laughs> for Steve Trevor to come back. Now, if this sounds like a really bad iteration of Aladdin – it isn't because Aladdin is at least a hundred billion times better than what this is. The rules in Aladdin made more sense, I guess is the best way I can put this. So now because all these wishes are happening, the threat of the earth is, I guess in jeopardy. I mean, I I feel like I'm not doing a good job of explaining it, but that's because I still don't get it.
0: The movie didn't do a good job of explaining it. So that's
1: okay. That's not your fault. I feel like I tried to, I feel like I tried to, talk about all the things that occurred in this film, yet I still missed out on the silliness that occurred overall. Right.
0: Uh, it's, it's interesting. I mean, the plot of this film, we won't get into spoilers just yet, but obviously, this film is painted as this, you know, this 80s, colorful, epic film. You know, in, in the vein of, like, all the 80s films that you loved that came before it, and, you know, the 80s right now are a really hot uh, decade to go back to for that nostalgia, right? Obviously, with Stranger Things, and... Uh, you know with ghostbusters coming back, and like like a lot of like that just that eighties nostalgia is is really creeping up in a lot of popular content right now um and you know this film is called one room in nineteen eighty four and I feel like there this film there's no reason that it needed to take place in the eighties no. No, you know, I I, and I, I, I say that kind of full stop. I mean, there's no reason why this film, other than I think Patty Jenkins, again, me assuming that she's like, you know what, let's set it in the 80s because that's a cool decade and that's when I grew up and that's the area that time period that I want to recreate. And there's a lot of problems in this movie. There is like just there is a lot of issues in this film that you know it, it breaks my heart to say that because I love the first film I think Gal Gadot's Wonder Woman is phenomenal I think Patty Jenkins did a phenomenal job with the first film in 2017 but watching this movie you know I was I was just gobsmacked at some points so where i'm just like why is this a plot point why what is going on with this story right now and and of course it's not the trash dumpster fire that people are making it out to be uh online and in like in the echo chambers of social media but i really don't think it is a good movie um anthony what where are you right now with this film well i was i was why don't we talk about the good parts and then we can
2: really dive into Sure. The bad parts. Let's start uh, off Andy, with... What, what, what are the good parts? The good parts, um, I like the, 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 the start of the movie where they do the, the, uh, the Amazon Olympics. It starts yeah, in mascara. Yeah, and they start off with this really cool sequence where Diana's a younger pup and she's against you know, older Amazonians and she has to go through this trial and she, she really wants to make it through and win this competition and i thought that whole sequence was really fun and exciting and it just it set the motion that well okay this movie is it's very similar to how um the original wonder woman started Um, right and it it played on that and i was looking forward to getting into all the other parts of this i thought the you know her mom and maybe her aunt would be more part of the sequel uh in a a bigger sense instead of that smaller sequence but i found that sequence really um, empowering as well as the the mall sequence i know shay was explaining that he loved the mall sequence and i i I felt that was very 80s as well like that was the only part of the movie that reminded me of an 80s action flick i don't know why for sure but it had the mall sequence the mall look of the 80s and the clothing and it it really played on that 84 um title
0: Mm -hmm. yeah and I really liked, I really liked the Themyscira opening as well, too. I just, you know, I just, I want, I would have loved to see more of it, you yeah. know, because there's, I, I love those characters in Themyscira. I think it, because it's an, a, a place that we haven't seen so much of. I, again, we we saw a good chunk of the first film there, but I think there's so much more to really dive into there and for it to literally only be a five minute sequence at the beginning of the film and also kind of contradict the movie, the the previous Wonder Woman film because, you know, Diana was training in hiding. Her mom didn't want her to train as an Amazon warrior but here her mom's just like, yeah, go Diana, do your thing and it's like, young Diana. But so it's just it's just like, damn, like, did they just try and retcon a previous movie that she's just we got to show these games and we got to show her in them it's just it's just an interesting choice but again I, I i enjoy the sequence but when you like a lot of things in the film when you really start to think about it you're just like huh. Ah. um shay how about you
1: yeah uh pretty much same as you guys i enjoyed the opening sequence with the amazonian olympics and i and i really liked the mall sequence it felt Um, very fun to me. It felt very old school superhero, like the old Superman movies where there was like winks and nods and comedy. And even my family who was watching with me, they were laughing and having a good time. It is so abruptly after that sequence ends that the film goes on this path of what the fuck is going on? Like you, you're, You're looking at this runtime of two and a half hours, and the last one was about two hours 21. So you're like, okay, you know, they told a great story in that one, albeit the last part of the film. Maybe they can do the same thing here. But man, it starts taking some weird, weird turns, and uh, it kind of goes everywhere. And, And that's why when I was trying to explain this plot, I didn't even know what to say because the movie literally starts to go fucking wild. It makes absolutely no sense at a certain point. I think, too, one of the
0: biggest distracting things, I mean, when you have, like, the plot is very, I feel like they tried to make an 80s movie so much that they made it with the sensibilities that don't really make sense anymore. You know, like, having this this MacGuffin of, a, oh, this is a wishing stone and anything you wish could come true and like it's just when you have that as your central plot, like you open yourself up to so many holes, and you know i hate I hate to be nitpicky and stuff like that, but you start to wonder, I'm like, okay, Pedro Pascal's character, Maxwell Lord, wishes to become the stone, so now he has the ability to grant wishes, but he also takes something from people, and like you it's just you you come into this this area where you're just like, okay, like, what's happening? I feel like the, like it, there's so many ideas at play here. And you're just like, is like, why are the stakes so high, or are they high enough? Like, what is the world ending? It seems like the world's ending. Everybody's getting whatever they wish for. Um, it's it's just so it's so so bizarre. And there's yeah, I think I think. Go ahead. It does
2: feel like an '80s movie, though. Like it's campy in that sense, not in a good way, though. It's that's the problem. It's it, it like the audience is a lot smarter. They're done with that type of storyline it's it's gone it felt like an indiana jones flick at certain points Mm -hmm. um you know you're finding there you know this mystical stone that grants you powers and they gotta go and figure out how to get rid of the stone and they go to all these different locations and, and it becomes really convoluted with who has the power and what can what words can be said to remove it and it just becomes in that sense it feels like an 80s flick because that's something that I, w- I could imagine happening in the 80s but we're not in the 80s anymore so it's like this i don't know if that was her whole her like patty's idea for this movie to kind of rem- reminisce an 80s flick in a wonder woman
0: series but it just i don't think it came off that way yeah i think the- i think, I think one of the- Oh, go ahead to no, no, no no go ahead no, I was going to say, I think one of the biggest problems for this for this film for me is the fact that Steve Trevor's coming back. I think that this film, obviously, Gal Gadot and Chris Pine have such great chemistry together. And I think that they're like, how could we bring him back? And this is like him being in the store. I'm like, yeah, it's cool to see him. And I think Chris Pine is one of the best things in this movie. But I also don't think he needs to be there at all yeah. because it makes Wonder Woman this empowering figure seem like she's just after 60 years or 80 years of this guy being dead i mean she's still moping around because he's dead a guy that he ju- she has only known for a couple weeks you know it's it's just very it's just very strange it's, it's like conflicting messages of like oh she yes this was the love of her life i mean she was the, he was the first dude she's ever laid eyes on you know and yeah. it's just like oh like she's still moping and yeah. <laughs> you know, moping around that like here's her 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 apartment that is like a shrine to uh, Steve Trevor's dead body. Like it's just, it's just very bizarre. It seems yeah, it like is. she would be the, the one who would understand his death
2: the most, but is like right. whine, whining about it because like she is a, per, per, she is a God. She would, she should understand like what ha- has happened. And she kind of goes on a temper tantrum in a bit when she gains him back and loses him. And, 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 it's so weird. It's it's like, oh, this is not Wonder Woman. I know she's like 100 years old at this point. You think she would have figured
1: it out? Yeah. I, I uh, Shay, it, what were you what were you saying? No, I was just going to say, I, I found that very weird that like, yeah, she was, you know, I'm all for her. Loving Steve Trevor. And when they said Steve Trevor was going to come back, I was very curious how they would do it. And I was like, oh, this could really ruin the film. Because the way they ended it in the first one was to kind of give her character growth. But it seems like in the last 70 years, she's had absolutely no growth whatsoever Mm -hmm. besides what she can read in a book. She's very smart, intelligent. But her social skills haven't developed as far as they should. And the fact that she's never had a love life after Steve Trevor is so it's such a bizarre concept to me. And I think the root problem in this movie, you look at it, and, it, and it's the writing. It's you know, when when the credits came up in the beginning of the film and I saw a story by Patty Jenkins and Jeff Johns, that's when I got worried a little bit. I'm like, oh, I know the first one wasn't even touched by them in the writing. You know, It was Alan Heinberg and, and Zack Snyder who pretty much wrote the story for the first one. And then you look at this one, and Jeff Johns and Patty Jenkins are the ones that are writing it, and that's it. Those are the only two people that really were involved, like maybe one other person that did some script supervision. But that's where I think the problem lies is, is that script, and it had it was so ambitious in the sense that they wanted to throw anything that stuck to the wall. And I felt like they wanted to go for campy. They wanted to go for fun. They wanted to go, they wanted to tackle all these issues in one movie. And at the, at the core of it, it should have just been a movie about her versus Cheetah. That's it. That's all the film yeah. should have been about. It should have. It could have taken place in the It could have taken place in fucking France. Who knows? Doesn't matter. But at the end of the day, it's it's just bizarre how you have Maxwell Lord in this film. He doesn't really serve any purpose in the movie. I mean, if his purpose was to give Cheetah power, they they could have done it any other way. I just don't get why it was so complicated. Yeah.
0: I think, and I think that that's the, the that's the big issue, and I think we can't go too far into this without getting the spoiler. So if you guys are cool with it, uh, we're going to go into our full on spoiler review now of this film. So if you haven't watched Wonder Woman, you could pause right here, watch it if you want to, and then come back and hear what we think. Um, But yeah, let's really get into Maxwell Lord and his ability to fulfill wishes. And, you know, (laughs) again, really dumb thing. I mean, like this guy has the ability to, build walls in egypt and do whatever he wants bring people back to the dead but steve trevor for some reason it's such a stupid plot point you know we see in the wonder woman trailer that you know steve uh, steve trevor is back and he sees her at this party and then she embraces him but when you see that scene in the movie the person who chris pine is supposed to be or steve trevor is a different actor Mm -hmm. and then you realize i'm like oh it's a different actor who's playing Steve Trevor, which we know not to be true, but it has Chris Pine's voice. And then it's slowly, you know, they do that whole camera around the back of his head and then, Oh, look, it's Chris Pine. And you're just like, wait, what? Like, why was it a different guy? And then you learn like, Oh, because he died, his soul had to be put back in the body of another innocent man. And you're just like, yeah, but like, why like this the stone could bring people back from the dead who gives a fuck if it gives him a body who's not like just give him a body why does it have to be some random dude's body taken over it's so stupid it's like it's a such a it's such a stupid like reason to bring his body back that if, way if, if when, if we're getting and then into- it literally cuts and i'm just like 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 the next morning in bed together you're just like oh damn diana had no question she
1: just she just was cool with it you know yeah. that he's back if we're getting into spoiler territory um You know, the one thing that I kind of brought up before was if all these wild and ambitious things are occurring in this film when people are making their wishes, like at one point they're in Egypt, which, I mean, is a question on its own. I still don't get why. I mean, I get why in the film they went there because of oil, but it was just so bizarre and it it felt like it was complicated. Um, When we get there and that guy wishes for, you know, to separate Egypt and this giant magical wall appears out of nowhere... If you can do that in your film, why can't you just have Steve Trevor just show up? Yeah, why does he need this whole? This other guy manifests- body?
0: <laughs> It's so dumb, and like, oh, he can make nuclear bombs appear. Like, nuclear bombs just appeared out of nowhere and gave them to the U.S. government. You're just like, yeah, okay, but, 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 giving him a, his own body. That's that's. They're like, nah, that's that's not realistic you know and and i think you know we we speak about it a lot on our show and and with our reviews where you know where, where movies aren't following the rules of their own world mm-hmm. you know like when you when you're not when you're not buying into it and it makes you question the reality of that film and i think this film does that so much and i think um the person who caught a, a big short end of the stick in this film is um chris as you know as barbara as as cheetah because you know she gets some some fun scenes and she just turns into a, a cheetah, you know. She she again. <laughs> she gets another wish where she says, you know, I, uh, you know, I want to be an apex predator because you know that's that's, that's a something normal line. that's
1: normal thing people say. Um,
0: and then the wish took that as, hey, I'm instead of turning you into the animal of a cheetah, I'm just going to make you a weird. I'm going to turn you into Taylor Swift from Cats. Yeah, you know, and it's you're just like okay, 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 um, sure, and give you uh, a pretty poor sequence of a fight. Yeah, oh 2 minutes. God. Literally the sequence we saw in the trailer and you know she was dead. You know, she got she gets electrocuted and she's you know presumed dead or you know she'll probably come back in some way but um there's there's just so many dumb things and I think Pedro Pascal, we saw his performance being praised a lot uh leading up to the release of this film. Um and I th- and I like Pedro Pascal a lot and I think he was in a different movie than everyone else in this film because he just went so over the top, I'm an 80s business tycoon who does coke and I'm just going <laughs> to do my worst Donald Trump impression and go crazy and just just be so over the top where I feel everybody else in the film is, is taking it more seriously and he's just like so cartoony in the way he talks which was entertaining to watch but then you're just like man like now there's this subplot of of him and his business growing like it, it's like a sequence out of wolf of wall street and, son, and then and his son he, don't forget his and son, his son his, yeah. you know and his son in it you're just like why 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 are you guys here this film that warner brothers didn't allow justice league to be two hours but this film could be two and a half hours what his character was so
2: interesting because it's like at certain points you empathize with them and at certain points you hate him and at the end you don't even know how you feel about him and you're wondering <laughs> did this guy even go to jail like because there is like a redemption with him and his son which it just was it didn't make sense it was what was the point of his character at all like what was the point yeah, yeah. of this whole thing did he commit a crime What I don't know it's like Patty yeah. what were you thinking Patty and, and Jeff what, were you, what was the end result what did you want Diana to to gain from this whole story and I don't know I guess she gained the, the, the option to fly because that's
0: all I really see Oh, and make and things the, invisible. And make things Oh, and invisible. make things invisible, which again, like, yeah, you know, uh, my Papa Zeus, Papa Zeus made me, uh, let me uh, have the things of turning things invisible. And sure, let again, let's believe that, you know, these planes that are at the Smithsonian, you know, there, or the Air Flight Museum, whatever, these things are gassed up and ready to go. And, you know, Steve, <laughs> a guy from 70 years ago, he could fly one of those things, no problem. Into fireworks, as well too, because of course, if you guys didn 't know it 's the Fourth of July in this film, oh, but everybody else seems to be dressed like it
1: 's winter <laughs> it didn't there's a lot of things again now when we look at the invisible jet sequence, we know one woman has an invisible jet, we know that 's her you know uh vehicle of choice, but the way they threw that in there, it felt like such a oh shit we gotta we have to put in an invisible jet. When can we do it? Oh, well, she hasn't really ever talked about invisible visible stuff. Why not just do it here? And then here. Yeah. And then right we'll now. do this there. And it just felt like, oh, so many ideas. And if we get to the ending of the film where it's all of a sudden Christmas, um, why? Uh, just, Yeah, again, oh, yeah. So and then, many yeah it's Christmas. Now it's Christmas. Just, you know,
0: it's... There's so much happening. And there's a sequence, you know, uh, because Pedro Pascal or Maxwell Lord's character, you know, he has to be touching people and they have to wish stuff from him. You know, they have to say, I wish this. But then he realizes when he's at the White House, he's like, hey, what are these satellites? Of course, these satellites will let me broadcast my touching ability. He literally says, oh, they're touching. And it's like, oh yes. Now his his power. Literally, I'm like, is this the plot of Batman Forever? It's is, such a dumb is Jim Carrey like going into the rooms of everyone, and it's like, oh, now you're all, you guys are all connected, and everybody's, you're telling me everybody's going to wish nobody wish for world peace or for anything. Everybody's wishing for whatever they want. The world would just explode. It's just it's it's such a know?
1: stupid story.
2: That's why I think it's very 80s in that sense. It's such a ridiculous story that. Maybe they thought it would get away with, but it's not great storytelling. Know, it's awful. No. It's it's poorly, poorly written, and and it's boring. And it's boring. Yeah, dude. boring film. I fell asleep. She's barely in the film. And I, feel I feel an hour feeling. and a half in. Yeah, the, the amount of dialogue you you you're listening and you're just like, oh, I don't care anymore. Like I get it, Christian, Kristen. N- no one likes you. I get your character, I, and I get it. I got it from the moment the trailer started. I remember yeah. watching the trailer and I said, oh, she's one. Of, she's that person that sees Wonder Woman and wants to be her.
0: And then that's the whole, that's her shtick. Yeah. And it's it was literally the, in that sense. It's the classic nerdy, oh, I'm a nerd. I want to be like you that we've seen in so many
1: superhero films One already. of the things, Daniel, that you brought up to me was the the lack of, of side characters or I guess extras in this movie. And whenever there are extras, there's so... Bizarrely thrown in there, There's this homeless man that Kristen Wiig Talks to once in the film And then he just randomly <laughs> shows up randomly shows up one more time after she beats up a guy who tried to rape her in the beginning of the film. And again, also, so that's two extras right there. And then we're introduced to this whole new Mayan character. Who's actually, he's, he's Indian. And <laughs> for some reason he's like, uh, I, again, I don't even know how that came to be. Cause it looks, it was just so thrown in there. They're like, Oh, we got to go visit this Mayan dude. Okay. Well, he's got this book and it tells us all about, and he's living in like a warehouse, like the Amazon factory. Yeah something i i didn't i don't know why it felt everything in this movie felt convenience for convenience sake yeah the fact that they're going to the white house Kristen wig just randomly shows up they have this fight um you know they're upset oh you know what i gotta renounce my wish okay let me just yell it out into into the world here i'm gonna renounce it and poof everything's gone
0: yeah, <sighs> and, and like, it's like yeah, in, in in Washington, in a random ass mall in Washington. Guess what? The most powerful magical object is being brokered in a back room of a of a mall jewelry store. It's just there, yeah. You know, it, it it's just there, and somehow a uh, Maxwell Lord knows that it was there and was trying to be stolen. And it's like, what? like this is guys? Like this is? It's really dumb. It it's so like, dumb. It might sound
1: like we're nitpicking, but we're not. It's it's we're more not. so. It's, it just doesn't make sense.
0: No, it's it's upsetting and I, I think there there is like, like like we were talking about some of the good. I mean the score is great and this Hans Zimmer delivers mm-hmm. a great score of mm-hmm. you know the familiar Wonder Woman themes. We hear some returning scores from from Batman versus Superman with the beautiful lie which is one of my favorite pieces but again how it's used you're just like okay, you know, sure you were going for you were trying to get the fans to be like ah, remember this song? But it's used so much better in Batman versus Superman and I was telling Shay like I'd care so much more that that song was used if it was any other composer. And again, I love Hans Zimmer, but he reuses his scores all All the time, time. all the time. If you look at his films throughout history, there's so many times where he reuses the same musical cues. I mean, gladiator and pirates of the Caribbean is the one that comes to mind. And there's so many, um and i think the cg in this film is very bad in some mm-hmm. in some parts where it looks like diana's like floating on the floor or wonder Woman's floating on the floor when she's running or saving those awful kids running. in egypt awful right you know it's just like you're just like i'm s- like it looks like this film was like did they try and make the effects look like it was in the 80s too like it just it just stands out so much why you know, would you very-
2: why would you Here's a scene. You you see Diana running. Why are you showing her face as she runs in in like this wide aspect? Yeah. CG her speed. You don't have to see her face. We already know she can run really fast. You don't have to actually show her. Yeah. It's almost yeah. like she's like exercising in midair, like <laughs> arms up and yeah. down. <laughs> Why? Why did yeah. you guys not? <laughs> where's, her really so. where's her shield? Where's her she? So- where- where's her sword? Where is Wonder Woman's stuff? She had her lasso you know.
0: and that's it. I'm, I'm and, sorry. I know she has a shield and I know the she has a yeah, sword. the lasso physics in this film, though, are just, like, crazy, too. The, that lasso could do anything now.
1: And also, when she gets the gold suit, it's so unearned. It's so like, oh, yeah. oh let me just land back and Oh, anyways, by the way, I found this gold suit. It just happened to be in the back of someone's van. Oh, here we go. I got it. Boom. Put it on. Fly to this random airbase. Fight. Uh, I feel like we're really tearing this movie apart. And you know what? I hate yeah. to be so negative on it, but at the end of the day, it's following a really good movie. Mm-hmm. I really mm-hmm. like Wonder Woman, the first one. I, I love the coloring that they did with the film. I love the story. I love even the action. And what I liked a lot about it is that Gal Gadot, Gal Gadot, Gal Gadot I don't know, didn't really have to act much in that movie. She just had to kind of show up as a fish out of water. And just do her thing. In this one, and place to her advantage, and place to her advantage. In this one, she's trying to act. She's not a good actress. It's it's unfortunate. She's not there yet. You know, she she tries to convey emotion sometimes, but it's just so wooden. And the performance, when you're going up against someone like you know Kristen Wiig or Pedro Pascal who are hamming it up, it looks weird because she's the only one in this movie right now who's actually trying to act serious. It's like she's going for an Oscar, and everybody else is just trying to have fun. Yeah. And again, like this is the thing, like, yeah, yes, this movie's
0: corny. Yes, this movie's cheesy, but those aren't the reasons why this movie is bad. No. You know? Like I could I'm all for uh for, for cheesy films, mm-hmm. but this film is bad and it happens to be cheesy. Right. You know? Um there there's so much that happens and yeah, like you were talking about the golden armor shade, and it's like, oh, this armor's literally just in Diana's little closet that she's working in, that she's looking at all these TVs that they're probably just like, yeah, this would be a cool set decoration that's here. And, um, yeah. it, you know, it, it kind of ties into the, the post-credit scenes where, um, again, full disclosure, this is spoilers. If you're still listening, um, the post-credit scene in this film, uh, Diana was, you know, Diana was talking earlier in the movie about this, this fierce Amazon Aris- Aristia or whatever, Aristia, whatever Aristea. her name is. Aristia. Yeah. Um, Aritzia, you know, where you can get a TNA sweaters and all that. Um that this this fierce warrior, and then the post credit scene is literally this um, you know, this this figure walking through this crowd and you're like, Oh, is that Wonder Woman? No, that's not Wonder Woman. And then this thing falls and she catches it and she's like, Oh, it's just all about shifting your weight, which is kind of a callback to a joke Diana said earlier in the film. And then you realize, oh, it's it's Linda Carter, it's the original Wonder Woman, and then she literally winks to the camera. I've been doing this a long time, and you're just like Oh. Okay, what's the why? why? Like, what's the point what's of the this
2: point of view? You you are not that end <laughs> credit sequence we wanted. You're not Luke Skywalker. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you're not,
1: Especially you like,
2: you don't want you don't make this movie better. <laughs> you make this I movie
1: just, worse. Since the it just makes it so random. Movies. The press screenings didn't have the mid mid credit sequence. They held it back until audiences are ready. You, when you hear that, you know it's going to be a good sequence. But when Linda yeah. Carter shows up, and you're just kind of like, like my family was like, "Oh, who's that?" And I'm like, "Oh, it's Linda Carter. She was the original Wonder Woman." They're like, "There was one before her," and I'm like, "Yeah, it's oh, from the '70s." <laughs> yeah, from the '70s. Yeah, They're like, oh, we didn't watch that show. I'm like, yeah, okay, well, whatever. We moved on, you know. Like it was just yeah. so bizarre
2: okay here's i think here's the question i want to ask you guys does this does this movie uh change your mind when it comes to how patty directs her films for future future wonder womans and even like rogue squadron like does has this put you in a different mindset with her because she's done one great film and now she has um the sequel which is a terrible movie and, I don't
1: think it's the directing. I think it's the writing. I think the writing is what yes. makes this movie so poor. And I don't I don't think she should have wrote this movie. Granted, she wrote Monster, but I think when her and Jeff Johns were getting in this together, Jeff Johns, who is a DC, you know, who is DC, and you look at Patty Jenkins, who doesn't really come from a comic book background, kind of meshing together, that's just bizarre writing. And you can tell there's a mix of writing in this movie because there's too many ideas. Right. right
0: speaking of dc what a dumb place for this movie to take place and i'm sorry um <laughs> uh no I, I think i think i am like you know they announced today as we're recording this that you know patty is going to be returning to write and direct wonder woman 3 um i'm glad obviously she's coming back but i also hope that you know there's a better writing team attached to it because yeah the 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 biggest problem with this film is its scripts you know i think bad cg is you could forgive that a bit more you know uh, uh, the not the greatest performances you could not you could forgive that more but the editing and the writing of this film is is awful and it's it really bummed me out after watching and i'm like man like i i my my hopes you know wonder woman was the chosen one she was the first not over only just positive reviews that like the DCEU got, but like glowing reviews. That was like the heyday for the DCEU those few months before Justice League came out. Mm. And honestly, I would watch Justice League again, like Joss Whedon's Justice League, but again before watching 1984. I watched because I think God. I watched. I think Super I'm. This. Yeah, because I just think at least that is more of an entertaining film, mm, or those are entertainment films. That is some um, tough words. You know, I think I think now let's you know, let's get into obviously let's get into our actual suggestion, our final ratings for this film. I'm gonna start with you, Shay. For sure. Um
1: so <laughs> I think if you're a Wonder Woman fan, and I think if you love Wonder Woman and nothing can can take that away from you, you will have a good time watching this. If you're at home right now, locked down, quarantine and you're like, Hey, I wanna spend thirty bucks and watch a big budget action film. Uh, don't put the money towards this film. I would say this is a skip it. You you may feel like you've burnt the money instead. Um, there's, there's, there's nothing here for you that I think you're going to walk out and be like, oh, I had a great time watching this. Again, the first 30 minutes of this film, a lot of fun, and it just takes a weird nosedive to something else. So, again, skip it.
0: Anthony. Yeah,
2: I'm in the same boat. I'm always in the same boat.
1: No, there was one time uh, you weren't. It was like the, one of the movies
2: we just watched recently. With I, all you know, movies. I thought I was going to enjoy this movie. I really did because I, I got like when I watched Wonder Woman for the first time, I got those goosebumps. It was like very powerful. This mm. one is very, very boring, and I don't want to skew the audience and say, you know, what if you're a Wonder Woman fan, maybe you'll like it. you're not going to like this. You're not going to like this at all. You're going to find it boring, convoluted. Clusterfuck of what am I watching, and you're not going to enjoy it. I'm going to tell you to skip it.
0: Okay, and save for your money. me, I mean, yeah, save, save your money. You know, for me, you know, it it you know breaks my heart to say it. Yeah, it's a skip it. You know, this movie is completely void of the magic that made the first film so um, so just a- amazing. And you know, it's it's just one of the, it's another sequel that you know it just it tries to go so big and it just it just makes me be like, man, I just I just wish I was watching the first movie, you know, because that's where you're gonna get the the quintessential Wonder Woman experience. There's nothing tying this film to the greater d c e u not that it had to, but it also you would want it to, you i you would have hoped that it would have developed Diana more. We've seen Diana in multiple films that take place after this and she's either less powerful or can't fly, but now she can fly. And like, there's so many things that you, when the more you think about this film, the more you start to pick it apart. Um, and it's a skip it for me, man. You know, I I will say though, it was nice being able to watch a big movie though, again, Mm -hmm. because it's been a while, I feel like, Mm -hmm. um, but of course this was our review of wonder woman, 1984. Um, right now the movie podcast is taking a couple weeks off for the holidays but of course we still have our reviews here on the movie podcast feed don't forget to follow us on instagram and twitter at the movie podcast and look forward to our return in january with brand new episodes of the movie podcast every single monday thank you so much for listening and we'll catch you next time